Yo, what is going on, baby? Nathan Kennedy, the new money podcast, episode 73. Hoping you guys are having a fantastic week. It is Super Bowl week. I don't know if you guys are football fans, but I mean, let's be real. Everybody watches the Super Bowl. So I mean, I've been really looking forward to this shit, man. This is going to be so fun. Uh, A bunch of uh, food and, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, wagers here and there and stuff like that but <laughs> i'm uh, i'm very very excited i hope you guys are excited for that too and i hope you guys again are having a great week as always my friends ask me any question you guys have on instagram as well as if you're listening on apple podcast i would love if you could leave a review there it really does help the show and the algorithm and gets the show out there now guys you know i'm always talking about investing in yourselves and in your future if you're listening to this podcast I don't really need to preach that too much to you. you guys understand that you get it you know what it is but i can talk all day long and you can listen to me all day long but if you're not out there taking action doing the thing getting it in you know what it is then i can't help you i mean like you gotta be taking action you gotta take it today and i promise you guys that wealth simple trade and wealth simple invest are two of the best platforms to build wealth for yourself over time well, Simple Trade is a commission-free platform where you can buy stocks and ETFs free of charge. Well, Simple Invest is a robo-advisor where they do all the work for you. You just have to put the money and your goals in. Check out the show notes for links to either one. I highly, highly recommend it, guys. Seriously, I believe in these platforms. I love these platforms, and I think you guys will get a lot of value out of them. So today, what I have for you, my friends, is an interview with Janice from Yo Quiero Dinero podcast. Oh, my God was absolutely incredible she literally lays out a step-by-step guide on how to be rich pretty much (laughs) and and so you guys if you want to listen to like from scratch and and in this episode you'll literally hear everything you need to do to be good with money to to understand how to take it from zero to hero right it's absolutely incredible she is amazing she is a hustler she made over a hundred thousand dollars in her side hustles alone last year so she's a certified baller um she's a social media mogul i mean she is just incredible and we we really vibed had a great conversation guys you will love this interview i'm telling you her energy is on fire so without further ado enough of me rambling here is janice from yo quiero dinero let's just dive on into it baby Janice, how's it going? I'm so good. Thank you for the invitation. I'm super excited to be here. Oh my god, it's it's such a pleasure. I was we were just talking before, guys. Um, I've wanted to ask you so many questions. Uh, just you know, so much great stuff that I've seen all, across all of your platforms, and and we're gonna dive into that really quickly. But you know, really quick, just share a little bit about yourself and and kind of how you uh, you found your way into you know making content around money. Sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Janice Torres Rodriguez. I am creator and host of the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast. For anybody that doesn't speak Spanish, that translates to I Want Money. And so the podcast is about money. Um, It is a personal finance podcast for women of color, Latinas. I'm Puerto Rican, uh, born and raised in the United States. And so a very common theme that I've found in my journey as a podcaster around personal finance is that nobody's learning about money. So I, um, I'm also an engineer. Uh, that's my day job. And so I approach all things through the lens and the mind of an engineer. So when I identify a problem, I have to solve it. And so that was my inspiration for starting the podcast. I found this huge gap 
when it comes to uh, personal finance education, who it's coming from, who it's catered to. And we were just, we're just not being addressed. So that's kind of why I'm here. And I'm hoping to change the trajectory for our community and really start talking about this really taboo subject of money, because whether or not we want to talk about it, it impacts all of our lives. And so hoping to uh, elevate the conversation to, you know, to a community that has been traditionally ignored by the personal finance community. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I think, um, you know, I love that the targeted approach because it, it, you know, different communities are certainly more served than others, you know, and uh, to, to see other content creators. I mean, it just speaks to the times that there's these awesome platforms that that weren't around like yours um, that people can really see themselves in and say, hey, like, you know, I look like her, you know, this, that, um, this, that and the other. And, you know, it's so funny. I at my at my uh, full time work, we were we were talking about diversity and, and inclusion and stuff like that. And um, it's only recently when I realized personally that uh, it's such an impactful thing when you see somebody in a position that you you know admire that looks like you. It, it really is a very very powerful um, thing, and and you and you really don't know how that feels until until it actually happens. So I absolutely love everything about that. When did that sort of hit you as a problem? Like when you made the realization that I'm a person who can can close that gap? Yeah, so it began when I realized that I couldn't find the content that I was looking for. I was always a fan of learning and uh, I love podcasting. I think it's just such a great art form, you know, for people who have long commutes, for people who like to multitask and learn things while they're at it. You know, there's there's been audiobooks forever, but podcasting for me is like, uh, something that I've been indulging in for many years. And I wanted to find out more about money. I wanted to learn about money. And I couldn't find anybody who was like talking about it in my language, right? I, I you know, everybody knows like the Dave Ramsey's and the Susie Ormans of the world. But I'm like, okay, like, where's the Latina Susie Orman? Like, is there not one? Is there just not anybody who's in our community that's talking about money? I have that. I have a very hard time believing that. But I think it's just, you know, the mainstream media just doesn't give these voices a platform. And so it's really easy to feel like you don't, you're not represented when, like you said, you don't see someone like you who has your same narrative, same like cultural understanding talking about this stuff. And so, yeah, it was really just as, as someone who was a consumer of this content, like I wanted to see more of women of color talking about this and I just couldn't find it. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess that means I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> That's amazing. So how long have you been um, blogging, been on the internet, just creating content in general? Yeah. So I started as a food blogger back in 2013. So my food blog, delishdelights.com, was an exercise in frustration initially because I just hated my day job and I like needed a creative outlet. I've always been into cooking. I've been like in the kitchen since I was 11. And so I was kind of like in the middle of a quarter life crisis. And I'm like, I need to do something other than like what I'm doing for, for my nine to five. Mm. Uh, So I started my food blog 2013. I was laid off like six months after I started it. So that gave me like some time to really dive in and start understanding things like how to monetize a food blog, how to get like people to find your, your content and all that stuff. And so, yeah, it's been an evolution as a content creator. Now I'm like in the digital space for like eight years now. And so I spun off and started doing podcasting and all types of other stuff that I'm sure we'll talk about today. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been in the game for a little bit. That's that's amazing, and I think that's that's why I have so many. So we'll get into kind of the the more questions that selfishly, like I really want to know. So 
you've been in the game for for quite a few years. Um, I feel like I'm just a, a young a young buck. I've only got a few months under under my belt. You know what I mean? So, you know, I've seen you've you've shared you know some of the some of the metrics that you've you've got from some of your side hustles. You've built up this incredible portfolio of, of side hustles. So, um, how did that sort of come to be? I mean, was it was it you know slow over time, or did you kind of grind 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 grind, and then it all kind of came, came, uh, came to be at, uh, in a short period of time. You know, it's funny whenever I'm starting a side hustle, I'm not actually looking to monetize it. Um, mm -hmm. it's usually always coming from like a place of passion of just really wanting to learn and understand something and like do it and try it. And I find that the money is like a byproduct as a result, as a result of the work versus like the goal. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, it, it's honestly just been like me wanting to learn how to do stuff. So n seeing people online that are like, influencers, like how do they do that? Um, uh, affiliate marketing, uh, creating a podcast, right? Like speaking engagements, money coaching, all these things, all these things that I do now, it was literally just like a pure curiosity. And then figuring out that, yes, that is also a skill that you can monetize. And then it's like doing research into how people do that. And then kind of tying it into your own brand so that you're doing it in an, in an authentic way versus just like copying what somebody else is doing. For sure. So when you, so what, what was the first thing, how did you first start monetizing? Was it the blog? And then what kind of, what was the sort of succession to, to where you are now? Yeah. So I first started monetizing my blog through what's called display ads. And so those are the ads that you see on most websites that like pop up either on the side, or there's like videos and things like that, that you'll see on most major websites. And that is a direct result of how much traffic you get to a website. So anybody can start ha uh, hosting display ads on their website the problem is if you don't have a lot of traffic, you're really limited in like what companies you can work with to provide those ads. And so I started with Google AdSense. They are open to anybody who has a blog, but they pay like peanuts. So if you want to really start monetizing your blog through display ads, you need to focus on what's called search engine optimization, which is just a fancy way of saying like how to hack Google's algorithm so that you can actually show up on people's searches when they're looking for content. Um, so there's a whole science around that and we could do like a whole episode around what that looks like, but essentially it's finding out how to create your content in a way that is really searchable, that it's thinking about like what people are going to search for and then creating content to match that search versus just making content for whatever purpose. So that was my first foray into monetizing. And, you know, the, the first year that I actually started making like money was, about 2016, 2015, 2016, I made like a couple thousand dollars that, that year. And it's like grown exponentially since then. Like last year I made $83,000 in display ads. So it's like a lot of, when it comes to blogging, a lot of your monetization happens slowly because your website needs to age. It needs to be seen. It needs to be recognized by other content creators, like when people link to your site, all of that stuff like builds credibility, which builds traffic, which builds monetization. That is, that's incredible. So really it was just a, a build and you were just, you just kept at it, kept at it, kept at it. When did it become less of a creative outlet? And you're like, yo, this is like a legit, like I need to take this shit seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, the, my first five figure year where I earned $10,000 in ad income, I was like, oh, okay. So like, this is like something that I could actually use to like do stuff with like this money's real. Like I need to report this on my taxes now. This is not just like play money anymore. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely the case. And that was around 2017. Um, yeah. And it's funny because I didn't really like know I was starting a business when I started out. Like, and I don't think a lot of people 
do mm-hmm. make that connection right away. Like I didn't start my official LLC, which is like a business entity here in the United States until 2018. And meanwhile, you know, I had started like doing all this stuff in 2013. So it's funny because I think a lot of side hustlers don't actually realize that like you are building a business, right? Side hustle makes it sound like it's a hobby, but like, I don't know whose hobby earns them six figures like mine. Like that's, that's, you can't classify that as a hobby anymore. Yeah. 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 That's like just, that's like a full on business. So like, I mean, and, and uh, I think you, so, so guys like you you made like over a hundred grand in in your in your side hustles your different your different ventures that you got going on. I think in January, I mean, not January is not even over. You, you're over, or over like twenty grand or something like that, which is which is like crazy crazy. So, um, like when somebody sees that and they're like, oh, like how do I do that? Like what what do you what do you say to somebody that's like, how the hell did you do that? Like when when you get that question. You know, it's funny because I feel like there's so many people that are like looking for the get rich quick scheme. And I think that's just human nature. Like we just are programmed to like want instant gratification, especially in this current day and age, right? Where everything's just like click away. But the key to my success has definitely been like consistency and just like focusing on on the why, right? And so whenever I I, I have coaching clients for my, um, my side hustle course, and I always tell them like, do not go into something to get rich quick. Do not go into something because of the money, because that is not going to sustain you. I did that for my nine to five career. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go be an engineer so I can make six figures. And that is not the key to happiness, y'all. The key to happiness is literally like working on something that you're truly passionate about, that you're serving someone, you're like changing their life in some way by creating that content. Whether it's me giving somebody a recipe that makes them think about their childhood, whether it's creating a, a podcast episode that makes somebody feel seen because they're just part of a marginalized community and they've never heard somebody talk about money from their point of view. Mm-hmm. Or if even it's like a TikTok that somebody's like, oh my God, I didn't know that I could invest money in XYZ, right? Like yeah. you're you're coming from a place of like education and service and that stuff is like rewarded. So that's what you need to focus on when you're thinking about a side hustle. It has to be something you care about and it has to be something that you would do for free mm. because you're going to do it for free initially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you don't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's so true. And and I definitely think the intentions are are everything and I think, you know, earlier on um whenever I had like a side hustle or like a, you know, a venture, it's so funny to call them ventures. Like I remember I remember me and my, me and, you know, me and some buddies would do some, you know, drop shipping and, you know, some, some stuff in university. And, and it was just, there was no, it was just, a, it was like, we're trying to make money. And, and, and that's why it was so short lived because there was no substance there. Whereas, you know, what I'm doing now, like, I absolutely love this. I, I hope uh, that I can generate um, some revenue, but I, I'll, to the day I die, if I don't make a dollar, like I will be doing this, you know what I mean? And what, so like, what keeps you at your day job? Like, you're making a great, and I mean, I saw a post where you're like, damn, like, imagine if I just like, you know, bet on myself earlier kind of thing. What keeps you there? Is it the fact that, you know, having a, 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 a I guess it would be a W-2 job in the United States, you know, is that better for like real estate investing as, as, a, as a lender? Is, is, it, is there a specific reason uh, or utility that having a, um, a standard job gives you? Or is it just a matter of you just like being paid and, and you can, you, you have the bandwidth to do it? Well, no, you know, it's something that is uniquely an American problem, which is insurance, right? Or health insurance is something that's typically provided by employers. And so that's honestly been like the biggest um, hang up for me. Um, And I think it's also just like a, 
I'm still working through scarcity mindset stuff that just comes from my upbringing and my childhood. Like there's a lot of stigma around doing things that are risky in um, my culture. And it, I think a lot of it just has to do with like the sacrifices that our, our ancestors have gone through to like get us to a place where I have like two degrees and like a six figure business and all this stuff. Like I don't take walking away from all those sacrifices lightly. And I know there's been a lot of that that has propelled me, you know, towards my my education and all that stuff. And it's just scary, like to walk away from a career that you've built up over like a decade or more. So it's all mindset, really. I know like the data supports that I can do this. It's just like the, oh my God, what if like I quit my job and then all of a sudden like everything yeah. just goes to shit and yeah. I make the biggest mistake in my life. And it's stupid, right? It's not mm-hmm. grounded in any kind of logic because the worst thing that could literally happen is like, I have to go back to a nine to five. Like, is mm-hmm. that really the worst thing that could happen? But, you know, I think we're uh, human beings are just programmed for like comfort and stability and safety. Mm-hmm. And so like doing risky shit is just completely counterintuitive. Like our brains just aren't wired for it. And so that's definitely something that I'm working through, um, with my manifestation coach and life coach. Cause yeah. I, I got issues y'all. Like we all got issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and I, I think that's a big thing. It's, um, you know, the highest level of, you know, elite people in any sort of uh, discipline have coaches. They have people that are supporting them that are helping them because we all have struggles, no matter how big our business has been built, no matter how, you know, excellent we are at our craft or whatever the case is, we still are human, like you said, and we still have, um, vulnerabilities and we have some sort of we have an ideal self that we'd we'd like to work to um so is that an ideal state where you you feel like you want to build that up and get there or do you just do you do again do you just like that having that rock so to speak and then you're able to sort of um branch off no this is definitely not sustainable it's really just um since 2020 was my first six figure year, I want to see if I'm going to replicate that. And I feel like with that amount of information and just knowing how things have exponentially grown over time, like I'll have a lot more security and like data, right? Cause I'm an engineer. So I'm like, I need the data to support this conclusion. Um, I think once I get to that point where I'm just like, okay, this is not like a fluke. This is like for real. Uh, I think I'll be in a much better place to make that decision. But yeah, this is not sustainable. Like I work like a savage. Um, yeah. And tell me, tell me about that. Tell me about that. How how much do you work? Like I want to know because I see you out here. Like I I'm like holy shit. Like you're like everywhere. You're busting out episodes. You're you're coaching clients. You're busting out like multiple posts a day. I'm like I'm like damn. I need to get like that. You know what I mean? Like it's so like tell me about that. Well, let me not like front because I do have two assistants, right? And so 2020 was actually the first year that I started hiring people because I realized very quickly like, oh, this is growing to the point that I like, cannot do this on my own. I was working like 16, 18 hour days, like, you know, from eight o'clock in the morning to like two o'clock in the morning. It was sick. Um, <laughs> and obviously I think like the pandemic kind of exacerbated like my workaholism, uh, you know, as a way to cope with all the crazy shit that was going on. Like, what else mm-hmm. am I going to do? I'm stuck at home. Um but yeah, it's it's definitely like an exercise in discipline on my part in like making sure that I'm building downtime into my schedule because I am naturally a workaholic. Like mm-hmm. I love it. And I love it to the point that it can get toxic and unhealthy and I'm like not taking care of myself. And so 
Um, I had to hire an assistant to take away things like managing my social media and contacting clients to book them for the podcast, automating a bunch of processes in my business so that I can stay in what I like to call a CEO mindset, right? A CEO is not worried about like who's responding to this email. Like they're, they gotta be thinking about strategy. They gotta be thinking about long-term growth of the business. And so I realized like, I need to let go of the shit that doesn't matter anymore Mm. because I need to be the face of this brand. And if I'm like depleted and drained and exhausted, I'm not going to want to work. How do you know when that point comes to you? Was it a number? Was it a feeling? Was it just like, this is just, I can't do it anymore. I need to get some. (laughs) It was literally like when I wanted to not work because I was so tired and that's not my natural state. So when I was like, holy shit, I'm so exhausted. Like, I don't even care right now. This is not okay. Because I think that's what makes a lot of people like walk away from like jobs, from relationships. Like when you've checked out, that's when you know, like, okay, something's got to change here or whatever's going on is like, it's going to fail. So I knew that when I got to that point that I was just like, wow, I don't even want to do this anymore because I'm so tired. Um, I had to call in reinforcements. And now you feel like it's, it's a lot more sustainable. You're able to, you know, like you said, have that CEO mindset direct, you know, have that vision planning sort of thing. It's, it's freed you up a lot. Absolutely. And I would also say like saying no, this has been yeah. a big thing for me. Um, I am naturally like a people pleaser. I think a lot of women deal with that. I'm uh, very, um, I think I'm, uh, you know, a lot of us deal also with this, like, again, stupid mindset that it's like, if we say no to one thing, that means like everything's going to disappear. Like people are going to hate us. They're going to be angry. They're going to be like, oh my God, she's a diva. We're not going to work with her. And it's like, No, not everything actually deserves your attention. Like not everything is going to lead to the next step. And so you need to be able to determine like where your energy is best used and really be strategic in like what you agree to. Because if you're doing it out of guilt, out of resentment, out of fear, out of anything that's negative, like you shouldn't actually be doing that because Mm. you're not going to give like that person what they're probably looking for from you. And you're not going to honor yourself by just overextending yourself. I think that's, that's a huge, uh, a huge piece too, because, you know, abundance versus scarcity mindset, like, you know, saying no. And I, you know, I, it's something that, like you said, a lot of people, not men, women, like everybody, it's like the one time you say, no, that's your break. That's your shot. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the first thought that goes through your head. And, um, it's something that, you know, I, I, I struggled with. I'm, I'm getting a lot better at being like, no, like I can't or no like this. And it, and it, and it's, it's so counterintuitive. It, it's actually, you think it limits you. It actually frees you, right? Like you said. And 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 so um, it's, yeah, it's just, it's definitely empowering. What's What's been, other than, you know, time management, things nagging at you, what's been the most difficult thing um, about building a brand online? Mm. Uh, I think the imposter syndrome is something that I dealt with initially because, you know, I'm like, who the hell am I to be talking about money? Like what, what credentials do I have to be, to be having a freaking podcast telling people that they should be investing in, you know, building businesses. And I think a lot of that just comes from like comparing yourself to other people who are in your space, right. Especially like established leaders. It's stupid. Like they're not you, you're not them. You're there to present your message, like your story, like nobody else can replicate that. And so I had to really just get comfortable with showing up authentically online Um, When I first started the podcast, I was really just like, let me be like cut and dry, black and white textbook. I'm just going to read like financial information and and teach people this shit. And 
it felt very like boring and inauthentic mm-hmm. right away. I was like, why am I talking about this? Like I'm, uh, you know, preparing some kind of speech for my boss. Like I should be talking about this. Like I'm talking to my girlfriends, mm-hmm. um, and my cousins and my family, like that's who I want to listen to. Like, why wouldn't I want to show up like that? And so I really found that once I started just showing up as me, as the Jersey girl, as the Puerto Rican, as the Latina who like curses people out, like that really resonated with people. They were just like, oh, wow. Like I've never heard anybody talk about money in a way that feels like it's not this pretentious corporate, like guy in a suit language. Mm. So I think that's super important. Like if you're going to go and put yourself out there on the internet, don't try to be something you're not. Cause Mm. a, you're probably going to attract people that don't have anything in common with you because you're not even like authentically who you are and be like that shit gets exhausting. Yeah. It's insanely exhausting. And I think people love real shit, man. They really do. People love real shit. They gravitate towards it. And, and, uh, like I try, like, it's the same thing. Like I, I, you know, I, when I get information, when I'm preparing for an episode or a solo episode, um, you know, I definitely have parts where, you know, I'm more factual, but then I'm like, okay, real shit. This is, this is what you need to know. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what I'll say. Like, fuck all that shit. Like this, this is what you need to know. (laughs) And, and I think people, they, I, I I always say it like, and, and I'm lucky enough for people that have told me this. It's like, I just feel like I'm getting a, a drink with you when I'm listening to you on the show. And I, I say, I swear to God, that's all I want is for you to think that we're across the table at a bar or whatever. And I'm just being like, yo, like, da, 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 right. And, and I think being authentic is, is the most sustainable way, uh, to, to delivering that message. Um, how have, have you gotten any pushback, uh, from people that are quote unquote credentialed that'd be like, yo, who is this? Or is it more so like you said, like, and I deal with it too, like imposter syndrome, like, yo, like this, that, and the other. Have you actually gotten like legit pushback? I haven't gotten pushback from people who are like, quote unquote, in the industry. It's more been like, um, you know, not everybody's going to like your style, your flavor, like the way you approach it. So of course people are just going to be like, oh, you know, like, why do you have to curse? It's like, because I do. I mean. Because I do. Yeah. Like, go listen to somebody else. If you like, this is not your vibe. Like, I'm not out here to necessarily cater to like what you want. I'm out here speaking to people who do want to be here. Um, and I'm okay with that. Like not, you're not going to be for everybody and that's okay. Like we're, we're just, we got to move on from the critics, especially because I find like, especially people that criticize you are usually like the ones that aren't doing shit anyway. So it's like, yeah, I appreciate you, but keep it moving. Like if you don't have anything constructive to offer here, we don't need to talk. Yeah, I think I think the the cursing thing's such a shallow critique. Like it is. It's like it's, you're not listening. You're not listening to anything I'm saying. Like it, yeah. Like I haven't gotten that. I I curse. I definitely curse. Um, because <laughs> I curse. Because that's how I speak. But but like God, like did you not listen to the fact? Like did you not listen to anything I said? Like whenever I hear people critiquing other people, like oh, why do you have to be so blue? I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like if I if you were like like I said back to the hanging out example, whatever, if he, if he swore, like you wouldn't think twice about it, but because it's, it's published, you know, it's, it's all these preconceived sort of, you know, we could go on a whole tangent there, but, um, what in in general, and I know I'm kind of just going from question to question, but, um, rapid fire kind of style, but in general, what's, what's your advice? Um, if you were to, you know, young kid, you know, early twenties, what's your general advice around money and, and kind of getting that journey started? 
Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, what would I say to myself in this scenario? So I think first off, if you're like in a position right now where like, you don't know shit about money, go learn some stuff. Cause there's like so much free content nowadays. Like listen to this podcast, listen to my podcast, listen to somebody's podcast. They will, there's like so many people out here teaching everything that you need to know about money. You need to find somebody that you're actually going to resonate with. Like just because your friends recommending something, a book, a blog, a podcast doesn't necessarily mean that's the right way for you to learn. You know, you need to figure out that on your own. I would say do not ignore your debt. I know way too many 20 year olds that like think that debt repayment is optional and then like your credits ruined and then you're like living with your parents till they're, you know, you're 30 because you're getting your shit together when you could have prevented that. So don't ignore your debt, especially if you have things like student loans and, and, you know, student loans are just a whole other thing for me. I think it's like so obnoxious that we ask people who are 18 years old to like decide what they want to do with the rest of their lives and like sign Mm -hmm. away six figures worth of debt without even knowing a, if you're going to be able to work in that industry, if you're going to even like working in that industry, but that's a whole other tangent. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the, the eight things that everybody needs to be doing regardless of what your age is, if you really want to live like a financially whole, stable life, you need to be, first off, you need a budget. Like if you're working your ass off for money, you should know where it's going. Like that's, that's respect for yourself. You know, you think about how much work you're putting into earning these dollars. Like you gotta know where that shit's going. Cause otherwise you're kind of wasting your whole time. Um, I'm a really big believer in value-based spending. And so essentially that just means like spend money on the things that matter, not because somebody else cares about them, but because you care about them. Like you don't need to have the latest Birkin bag if like that's not your thing. Mm. Um, You don't need to have the brand new car if that's not important to you. If you're like letting external shit influence how you spend your money, you need to do a little self-reflection and really start spending your money in a way that honors what you care about and what you actually value. Uh, number three, debt. Get rid of it. Avoid it. Uh, especially high interest rate debt, credit cards, personal loans, things like that. Like you're literally paying for the privilege to own to owe somebody money. That's what debt is. So get rid of it as soon as possible. Emergency fund. I think 2020 has shown all of us. Uh, yes, life happens. <laughs> Okay. So we got to prepare for this. Um, And an emergency fund can be anywhere between like three to 12 months, depending on your personal situation. If you have a really stable job, maybe three months is closer to what you need. Or if you're in an industry that's really highly sought after, and you know, you're going to be able to get a job relatively quickly. If you were to lose your job three months, six months, that's decent. If you're a freelancer or like an entrepreneur and you rely on like unsteady income, you need to be closer to the nine to 12 month range because you just don't know, you know, when it's going to be feast or famine for your business. Uh, Number five, investing. Okay. If you're 20 years old, Lord Jesus, please start investing. Like you will be able to retire decades early if you start really going at it like ham, like day one, open that retirement account, start putting at least 10 to 15% of your income, especially if you have like low expenses right now, if you're still living at home, like save your money y'all. Cause we're all going to get old hopefully. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's <laughs> nothing sadder than being like 65, 70 years old and not having shit to show for it. Okay. Um, insurance, that's a big thing. I don't know how 
the situation is in Canada, but like here in America, like you need insurance for basically everything. You need life insurance. You need, you know, good insurance for your car. God forbid something happens to it and you can't even afford to fix it and you need it to get to work. Like that's going to ruin your whole life. Um, you know, health insurance, all those things, protect your assets, protect your life, protect all the things that are, are important to your financial situation. Um, number seven, you need an estate plan. And so that's something that at 20 years old, you're probably not thinking about like, what assets do I have to pass on to the next generation? But if you have like, you know, people who depend on you, like say your parents say, uh, you have a child, like you need to make sure that that whoever is relying on you for income, that they're going to be able to like get your, um, your assets, God forbid something happens to you. Right. And so right now, I think if you're in your 20s, like it's just to start to educate yourself on like what an estate plan is, because you're going to need that eventually. And then number eight, the biggest thing, side hustles. You need to diversify your income. Like we cannot rely on a nine to five as the sole source of your income because it can be ripped out from under you at any point. And um, if you don't have a backup plan and you don't have an emergency fund, guess what? You're going to end up putting all this stuff on credit cards. You're going to take out loans. You're going to get into massive amounts of debt. And that can really be mitigated and prevented by getting some secondary income sources. Guys, if you do everything she just said, everything you just she just said, there's no reason why you can't be a millionaire. Like, honest to God, like, if you just do everything in your 20s, what she just said... Oh my God, you're going to live a great life. Like I, you heard it here first. Wow. So that, is that your, do you, do you have a brand around that? That eight steps, what, what is it called? What's it called? That's my eight steps to build wealth. And I actually did a podcast episode on that. So it's, um, I'm like preaching to the choir when I talk about this, I'm like, it is not just about paying debt. Like nobody's getting rich off of paying debt. When you're debt free, guess what? You have nothing. If you haven't been investing, you're like at zero, you're at the baseline. So all of these things that we're talking about, earning more money, investing, protecting your assets, like it's all what makes the rich rich. It's not because they're paying off their debt. Exactly. Amazing. And guys, I'll, I'll link her show in the, in the show notes and you guys can go check that out. Cause that was, that was incredible. I was like locked in there. I was like going up the pyramid there. That's, that's, that's amazing. Um, so, you know, Another question, kind of coming back to the side hustles, and then, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. I don't want to take too much of your time. Um, has did twenty twenty, like you said, it propelled you? Would you say that was because of of you know COVID nineteen, everybody being online more, or what, was there sort of like a, a weird period, or, or how how did it go for you? I literally had no plan at the beginning of twenty twenty <laughs> to create what I created this year. Um, I started my podcast in like May of 2019. I recorded like five episodes and then it just kind of fell off. Like life got in the way. And then um, I reinvigorated my, you know, mojo, I guess in January. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be consistent with this thing. And um, yeah, the pandemic definitely accelerated that because again, at home doing nothing, I started collaborating with other influencers on Instagram and different platforms I just started building because I had nothing else to do. And now, you know, I have like 10 different income streams that I'm using to earn six figures a year. I built up this amazing brand that has been recognized by like Business Insider and BuzzFeed and all these other freaking media companies and organizations that I'm just like, I still, I'm like, how did this happen? And it's just, it really does prove that when you're doing something from a place of passion and you're doing it consistently, like you got to show up consistently, the work is rewarded. 
Mm-hmm. But we get so caught up in like the instant gratification, not mm-hmm. understanding the the when you see all this successful shit out here, everybody had to start from zero and just grind and believe when nobody else believed. And eventually you will be rewarded. You just got to stick through it and like really just you have to have faith that what you're doing matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where do you, where do you stand on um, sort of pursuing your passion and, you know, going after what you're good at? I know you talked about how, I mean, I, you've been an engineer this long, you must be fucking good at it. Right. So uh, where do you, where do you, where do you rely, where do you sort of lie on that passion versus um, skill and, and that sort of argument? Yeah. So I definitely am like a firm believer that if you are in a career and you have figured out that, okay, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. You need to shift how you perceive that situation right now and like start using your nine to five job as like your investor. Like that's your initial investor for this business that you're going to build. It is so much harder to build a business when you don't have consistent cash flow to invest in the things that you're going to need to, to start things. Um, And so that's honestly like my best advice. Like use some of that money that you're earning through this job that you don't want to do for the rest of your life to start building something that actually is yours. Um, because there's there's no easier way to build a business than when you already have a consistent investor and you're not under the pressure to like make something uh, super successful right away. I absolutely love that. And you know what? I, I, I even think, and I really do enjoy my job, but I do think of it as fuel, right? I, I do think of it as, as, as a as an energy source, um, and to, to fuel some of the things that I'm trying to do and the visions that I have and yada, yada, yada. Right. And I think, I think that that subtle, that subtle change in perception, it can really like change. Like if you, if you're in like, Oh, I hate this. If I want to leave, if you just think of it as a, just, just a, a sector of your business, right. You know, the, you know, cash generator of your business. Right. And it, it just changes everything. Then your whole life is, you, you know, your your whole life is your business and you're the CEO and you're, and you're running it. And this is a small portion of that. And you use that portion to direct and it just completely changes everything. And I think that that's such a the, such a great uh, insight there. Um, last question, very last question. If you were to say one thing um, that separates people from being successful versus not, I know we talked about a bunch of great values here. What would you say the number one thing is? It's the unwavering belief in yourself. And I know that sounds like super Hallmark card, cheesy as hell, (laughs) but like, that's honestly like how you get brave enough to even show up, Mm. right? There's so many people that like kill their dreams before they even start because of the doubt, because of the fear, because they're like, I don't like, why would anybody care about this? And you have to care about it. You have to believe in it before anybody does. So I would say, if you believe in what you're doing and you know that there's value in it, stop being fucking scared and just do it. Amazing. Amazing. That's that's all there is to it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I have been looking forward to this interview for, for so long. Where can they find you, your podcast, your Instagram? Where's, where's the most accessible place and where can they find the, the best content out of you? And there's a ton. So. <laughs> yes, it is all from, I think the best place to find me is yoquierodineropodcast.com. Uh, there it has all of my social media links, my digital course, the blog posts, the podcast, even links to my food blog. So that's my one-stop shop where you can really find out everything about me and, um, you know. 
I hope that you find it a really, really valuable resource to learn about money in a way that feels relevant and fresh and culturally um, stimulating. Okay, amazing. Janice, thank you so much. This was amazing. And I say this a lot, but I really mean it. I am have to have you back on because you just dropped like bombs. You dropped a freaking pyramid, eight-step plan. Amazing. Too much value to not have you back on. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. So there you have it, my friends. what I say, man? What Wasn't that a good one? Come on, that was a good one, right? <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning in. Janice, thank you so much again for coming on the show. It was such a pleasure. I think I learned a ton. I'm going to be following up with you on a lot of this stuff because I need to figure my shit out <laughs> with some of this uh, entrepreneurial side of things. So thank you so much for coming on, guys. Thank you for listening in. I really hope you guys got a ton of value out of today. I feel like everybody's always being like, provide value, ton of value. And it's kind of like a buzzword. But, yo, like, I'm always going to say that this message and this podcast, everything is all about giving you guys value, giving you guys the tools to go out and do it yourself and, and figure it out and and uh, if you need me, then hit me up. I can definitely help you. But this is to equip you guys to go out there and get it in. And this is one of those episodes that will help you do that. So listen to it back. Take notes. Whatever you need to do, go check out our page. Go check out my page. Go check out everyone's page. Get it in. Learn. Get better. Grow. Fail. Grow. Fail. Grow. Repeat. 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 I'm telling you guys, the sky is the limit when you have that sort of learner's mindset. Really quick, again, a reminder, Wealth Simple Trade, Wealth Simple Invest, two of the best platforms out there in Canada to help you grow your wealth. I highly recommend you guys go check it out. Link in my show notes below or on Instagram or on all my socials. You can find uh, it or you could just go look it up yourself. I don't even care, man. I just all I care about at the end of the day is you guys going out and investing and growing your wealth. So whatever way you can do it, would love if you could help with the show by using the link. But if not, I don't really care that much. So go ahead. Check it out. Grow that wealth. And let's get it, baby. But that is all I have for you, my friends. Thank you so much again for tuning in. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. But for now, I am out this mother. Peace. <laughs>